to BioChat, a podcast by Applono Technology. My name is Kim Lung, and with this podcast, we will highlight the direction of ongoing research and help scientists determine how to best leverage their skills to improve global human health and quality of life. Joining me today and welcoming Emma Bartle. She is an account manager for custom services at Applono. For all our services, from peptide synthesis to protein expression, and of course, our custom antibody development platforms. So hi, Emma. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm okay. It's uh, been raining quite a bit in California, so that kind of dates this podcast episode, but uh, I hope it's uh, (laughs) comparatively nicer wherever you're at. Where are you, by the way? I'm in New York City, actually. Been a little bit colder, but, you know, we're getting our first few snowfalls of the year, which is kind of crazy, especially in Kind of late in the year, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I thought it, it's kind of cool that we both work in the same company. Uh, Hannah suggested that we get together and talk a little bit about our respective careers. I, of course, am the scientific content marketing manager here, and you're an account manager for our CRO, our custom services here at AppClonal. So let's make, maybe you can describe a little bit about what you do. Absolutely. So I work with clients trying to onboard projects ranging from peptide synthesis, protein expression, antibody discovery. And it's been a really cool experience getting to talk to different researchers, kind of learn more about what they're working on and how we can help as a company. And I have a really great team that I work with, too. I work with scientists like yourself, but also scientists on our side who communicate with the clients and express some of the technical information that might I might not be as adept at. Sounds great. So what led you to AppClonal? When I first liked science was probably five years old. I've always been a science person, kind of didn't know where to go what to do, but I knew that I liked science, so I wanted to keep with it no matter what I was doing in life. So that's what I did. In my undergrad career, I spent a lot of time studying different biology classes, getting into epigenetics, genetics, and I wanted to continue with that, but maybe not necessarily from, you know, a PhD standpoint, going on to further education right away. I wanted to explore what other options were out there saw Abclonal, saw the work that Abclonal does, talked to one of the people on the CRO team who kind of explained how we work with custom products and we spend a lot of time talking to researchers to figure out how to optimize their projects. So that sounded really cool to me. It was definitely not something I was used to. Being in sales is definitely different than anything I've experienced before. But still getting that experience to talk with my team and researchers about biology, whether it's little projects, novel proteins. Just out of curiosity, where did you end up going to college? So I went to Hamilton College. It's a small liberal arts school in upstate New York. Well, that's fun. Yeah, it was cool. I had a great time. Met a lot of really good friends. Surprisingly, though, a lot of my friends were not in the biosphere. A lot of them did, you know, creative writing or politics or government, but I got to meet people who were interested in all sorts of things and were passionate about those interests too. But it's kind of cool that you do live in the New York City. We're able to work remotely. How does that affect your job, just uh, working remotely in a sales capacity? 
It's nice. I think, you know, I want to get more experience traveling, which is coming up a little bit more in this year. I do like being able to work from the comfort of my own home. Technology has grown so much that we're all able to stay connected. Yeah, it's definitely a different pace than what I'm used to, but it makes things, I think, a little bit easier. It's just also important to make sure you go outside and get some fresh air every once in a while. Yeah, vitamin D and sunlight is definitely important. <laughs> Essentially, it sounds like you were you started with Aplonal right out of undergrad. Did you consider applying to a graduate program, either a master's or PhD, or was that never like a thought on your mind? So... Actually, I did work as a research tech for about a year before coming to Abclonal, and I liked it a lot, but being a tech is hard. (laughs) It's a lot of work, and I think especially when I was in the position that I was in, you know, not really making any decisions on grad school because I've always been taught that grad school is something that you should be 100% interested in, 100% sure that that's what you want to do. And I wasn't. So I wanted to see what other options were out there. I liked working in the academic sphere. I love research. Um, It was a lot of fun. But ultimately, you know, I wanted to try something else before I made a huge commitment like grad school, especially PhD programs. Yeah, it sounds very similar to what happened to me. Like, I always thought I would just become a scientist. And so I did apply to graduate school right out of undergrad. I started and then I realized, well, I'm probably not ready for this. And it's good to have a little real life experience before going back. And I did go back. We just don't know what we want to do with the knowledge and experiences that we had. A lot of life happenings led me to this position, and I really enjoy working with a very talented and passionate individual. So it's not always linear, like progress is not linear. So you just decide, hey, maybe one day I will, or maybe I'm just happy doing what I'm doing and contributing to science this way. And that's totally fine, too. Absolutely. Your content is incredible, by the way. I do really enjoy it. I'm glad somebody's actually reading the blogs. I I think we get (laughs) decent enough uh, engagement numbers for being a relatively small but growing company. But it's it's nice to know that there are readers out there. So in, in school, what did you end up doing? Did you actually work in an undergraduate laboratory uh, as a volunteer or did you just like stay mostly in class? I did do a little bit of undergrad research. One of the requirements at my school, like many schools, is to do sort of a senior thesis. So I spent my last year partially in a lab, um, partially writing, you know, a 40-page long thesis. And that was a great experience. I knew that I liked doing research, but, you know, didn't really know where I wanted to go in terms of higher education. What is your PhD in, by the way? Yeah, so I originally was in a program for immunology. I got out of that one because I wasn't ready. And then I took that experience and I went into a cancer biology program at the University of Chicago. And that's my PhD. I actually studied protein-protein interactions in cancer signaling networks. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, we got to play with a lot of very cool and expensive toys. So research, <laughs> unfortunately, is not very cheap. And that's where I guess companies like us come into play because we want to make sure that everybody is able to have high quality products 
high quality experimental reagents. But at the same time, they don't have to pay through the nose for it because funding is tight and research is hard, as we all know. Like from a research technician standpoint, they unfortunately, especially at academic labs, they don't pay you that much. And even in industry, they barely pay you a living wage because I guess they consider technicians drones and fairly (laughs) expendable, which is unfortunate because they do provide a very valuable service. Somebody has to run the assay. Somebody has to do a lot of the grunt work, and that really deserves proper compensation, which a lot of them just aren't getting. Yeah, I think that's the hard thing in academics, especially, is just the, the cost and the lack of funding for a lot of labs. I worked that grunt job. I loved the work I did, but it was always a grunt job. And I knew that, you know, kind of going into it, you know, a lot of people tell you working as a research tech isn't sustainable, but I know many people who have also done that for years and years and years, whether it's in academic or industry labs. Yeah, I actually think it depends on the personnel system that's in place wherever you're working, because if you start from the bottom and work your way up, you can continue to grow that salary, grow that experience, grow that stature and grow the 401k and pension and whatnot that's available from from that system. But at the same time, you probably, especially with inflation being what it is, you you want it to be just a little bit higher. But yeah, considering all the things that technicians do, like they have to do the ordering, make sure that the lab is properly stocked, make sure that the lab is well maintained, do do a lot of the high throughput work that goes into the everyday experiments and even sit in on lab meetings. And some of the technicians, depending on how passionate they are and how much work they put in, can even become co-authors on papers. So that's really big time on, you know, your college application or your graduate school application, applications to other jobs and so forth. So it really depends on the person. But even if they're just like going, doing the nine to five, Definitely deserve a lot of appreciation. So I hope whoever employed you did appreciate you. I think they did. You know, every PI is different. I enjoyed my time there. I do kind of agree with the sort of personnel structure, especially, you know, when you don't have a graduate degree and you're working in graduate labs, you're on the bottom of the totem pole, I would say. Which, you know, I I didn't mind it because I like doing grunt work, um, but I also liked, you know, attending those lab meetings and learning about the research that I was doing, even if it was just the constant work that uh, was put into it. Absolutely. But that work, again, is definitely valuable. Obviously, someone has to do it. I'm glad you did it well. Any interesting stories about our, our clients? I think there are a lot of people who reach out to us and who I have worked with, you know, antibodies for testing therapeutics and preclinical work, a lot of novel targets, so things that researchers haven't necessarily seen before. And, you know, a lot of times people want antibodies for a target that none of the catalog antibodies are working for. Those are kind of the most common requests that we get, and all of them in their own right is super interesting and important once you get into the details of it too. So are you like the the first person that the customer actually talks to when uh, setting up a project? How does the process actually work? 
I am. I'm the first person that contacts them or the first person that they reach out to or get sent to, kind of their primary contact. Um, I also work a lot in sort of the primary stages of projects, talking to the scientists on our team. They're super helpful. They have a wealth of technical information that unfortunately I do lack, but they are very willing to explain things to both myself and the clients. Definitely a good backbone to our team. Farther down the line, once they've decided to go through with the project, um, that's when our project managers come in. They're also a wonderful team. They communicate really well with the clients um, and with the team, the research team on our end. But I'm still along, you know, just tagging along throughout that process, kind of being there as a resource, making sure that funding's all set. If they have any questions, if they want to add anything on to the project that they're already doing, I'm there for them. Yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into a properly set up antibody reagent. Like it has to obviously recognize the right target. It has to be able to discern it from possibly a mutated target or otherwise, it has to be able to work in a variety of applications. So I I guess you are the liaison between the customer and the technical team to just make sure everything is going smoothly so that they are receiving the proper reagent at the very end. Yeah, making sure that everything's all set, uh, making sure that the project management team knows what to communicate to the clients, making sure that the information that maybe the technical scientist sort of translates for me is properly going into their project. I'm I'm definitely the initial person, but I'm always there as a resource. And the project management team is always there as a resource, but kind of after the project has already been initiated. So what do you see, see yourself do, doing for the company in the future? I think that I want to stay a resource for researchers and being on the sales team kind of lets me do that. I get to reach out to people who might be interested in starting a custom project. I do a lot of research on my end in terms of finding people who would be interested in doing a custom project. So I kind of want to keep that momentum going and do a lot more traveling, meet a lot of people face to face, going to different shows, interacting with people, phone calls, emails. It's kind of what my whole job is about. And that's really cool for me, being able to talk to people about what they're interested in and also being kind of a resource for them. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. And I know you mentioned shows. I think you and Hannah had gone to a show recently. Where was that? New Jersey. Oh, that's uh, right. You Rutgers. guys went. You guys went to Rutgers. Like I was at UCSF. I think at the time of this recording, it will have been my only show. But I'm hoping to go to more. And it was just uh, very interesting. Lots of one to two minutes or less conversations with just dozens of people trying to look for a new reagent or just like trying to grab our swag. <laughs> so. <laughs> We do have the best stuff, I think, of any vendor um, at those shows. <laughs> and it was actually my first vendor show, too. Um, before I became an account manager for the customs team, I was a BDR. So just a lot of prospecting. Didn't really get a chance to go out and go to these different shows, interact with people. But now as an account manager, that's kind of one of my bigger responsibilities and something that I'm really looking forward to. So those conversations can be 
a lot of fun. Um, and it's always fun giving people stuff, you know? We do have the coolest stuff. We have lots of water bottles and pads, highlighters, Dr. Beaker, of course. Yeah, everybody loves that thing. I, I keep joking that, uh, you know, you got to make people fight you for that because it, it's a very cute owl and it's obviously uh, much more desired than a lot of other things just because it's so cute. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I know we do give preference for those who get Dr. Beaker, definitely existing customers. They have a better shot of taking one away from our table. So what were you doing on your in your free time, like as an undergrad and as technician, also out, outside of work hours? What are you up to? I'm in the city. <laughs> I, I love, you know, just kind of exploring this area. It's it's a lot of fun. I have some friends who are here, um, some friends who are actually in Boston, the main location of the office. So it's a lot of, you know, traveling around the Northeast, a lot of just traveling around New York, whether it's going to the different boroughs, finding places to eat. I'm a huge food person. So, yeah, that's that's a lot of fun for me. <laughs> but, you know, awesome. a lot of yeah. yeah, exploration, definitely. There's still hot dog carts in New York. I, I bet there are, right? Yeah, definitely more halal carts, I would say. Oh, I that's see. yeah, it's, it's good food. It's good food at any time, you know, whether it's the middle of the day or four o'clock in the morning. Wow, they they keep the carts out that late. Oh yeah, they're I think the only things open at some points, but they do get good business. I'm sure of it. I, I actually haven't been back to New York in over 10 years, but, but when I was there, I made sure to get a hot dog cart hot dog, and it was great. It was probably the best. This was obviously before the decade of inflation, but it was probably one of the best two books I've ever spent. Yeah, there's still some, you know, cheap eats around the city. Um, I'm always like super amazed when I find them because it definitely feels like I'm falling more into my place. But yeah, are you? Do you have any other plans to come back to the city? Oh yeah, like uh, at some point, my I want to visit my friend. He lives in the area, and you know, it's a great city. Lot lots of good museums and places to to see. Obviously, you have the the state parks, uh, the state monuments, national monuments, Statue of Liberty, all kinds of random touristy things, and then. Um, just walking around, seeing like all the different cultures make kind of mix together or just be in their own little worlds around the city. It, it's really cool. So I, I definitely would like to go back. Boston's interesting, too. But just to be perfectly honest, New York City is probably better. But Boston is pretty like it was fun to, when my friend got married to just walk along the river between MIT and Harvard and it, just beautiful area. Yeah, I, I like Boston. It's Definitely a lot more spread out, though, than the city and much harder to get around if you don't have a car like me. It's why I like, you know, the public transportation I'm a huge fan of, even if it's not, you know, 100 percent perfect. Plus, there are a ton of like institutions both in Boston and in New York, you know, Columbia, MIT or NYU. Definitely a lot of places to go. Yeah, lots of college age students and obviously lots lots of uh, young professionals trying to make their way in the world, even if they have to live in tiny little apartments because <laughs> New York City, right? 
Uh, that's got to be rough, but I'm glad you're doing well. And I'm very happy that you were able to take the time to talk to me a little bit about your life and our work here at AppClonal. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Thank you for inviting me. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for actually reading the book. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me on today. This has been a conversation with Emma Bartle my co-worker here at AppClone Technology, and we hope you join us again next time when we will explore another exciting topic in the sciences. BioChat is a production of AppClone Technology, hosted and edited by myself, Ken Lung. Please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media. You can find our various socials in the show notes linked to Dr. Beaker's page on AppClone.com, where you can also find our vast catalog of biological reagents and services. If you wish to contact the podcast directly for an interview opportunity or any comments or to inquire about Apple's qualities, products, and services, please send a message to service at Thanks for listening, and we will see you in the next episode.